This is episode 90 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today, we'll talk about event planning with Mary Snyder. Welcome to the Christian Travelers Network, where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Hey, Christian Travelers, I am so excited that you are here because Mary Snyder is joining us to talk about some of her experiences working with uh, speakers and influencers and leading and planning trips and retreats, which is so relevant to uh, the things we're going into in 2021. Um, but before we dive into that, I want to once again point you to our website, christiantravelers.net. There you'll find other devotionals, podcasts, links to our Facebook, Instagram, and of course, our ultimate retreat kit. But without further ado, Mary Snyder is a podcast host, speaking coach, event planner, and tour producer with over 20 years in the Christian events industry. She has produced hundreds of live events, retreats, and cruises, yes, cruises, over the years and worked with some of the most influential speakers in the industry. In 2020, she shifted from live events to virtual events and currently has produced 20 five virtual events. She has successfully coached high-level influencers, speakers, and artists on how to create compelling presentations on social media. Hello, Mary. How is it going? It's going great. Gosh, I sound really <laughs> impressive in that bio. Did I write that? That is, and then, and then what's so sad is it's more than 20 years, like a lot more. Probably. Oh, really? Like, it's like 25 now. Um, okay. So it's growing. I was thinking back to the cruises and I was like, oh, I remember those so fondly. <laughs> I hope one day we cruise again. I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon, but maybe uh, one day. Yeah. Who did you cruise with? I actually worked for a company and it was called Premier Christian Cruises. They still exist. They do the K-Love cruise every year from familiar with K-Love Radio. So not only did I work with some of the biggest names in the speaker industry, I worked with Toby Mac. I worked with uh, Casting Crowns, Mercy Me. I mean, everybody you can think of third day. I have been on a ship, Jeremy Camp, with most of those people at one point or another. Um, I've got about 30, it's probably closer to 40 cruises under my belt. I also helped produce the Beth Moore Cruise. Um, that was just recently happened a couple of years ago, the Lifeway Bethmore cruise. Um, and that was after my tenure and I did the duck dynasty cruise. That was one of my big ones. So I have had a lot of fun doing, doing, and that y'all a cruise when it returns event planners and retreat people that are listening, that is an idea for y'all when it returns. Cause it's just easy peasy. <laughs> and except except if you're the producer and you have because we would actually take over the ship sarah uh -huh. and so we would replace all of the talent and all of the shows with you know our christian artist and so it was like you had three or four stages going all the time for five days it was a we didn't sleep a lot over five <laughs> days but it was a lot of fun a lot of fun loved it loved it did you get to enjoy like anything post cruise then or not? No, we got on a we got on a plane and went home. My favorite part was when we did the what we called the site sale, which is when you went and checked out the ship. 
So they would host you and bring you in. And that was like usually a year before, before Mm -hmm. you booked, um, because they wanted to wine and dine you and show you, you know, show the ship off to the team. So that was always fun because it would be just our small group of five or six of us, uh, the core team within the organization, and we would go and, and check out the ship. But no, we were so tired after those things were over. We all just went home and crashed for three or four weeks. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get involved? Like, that's such a unique uh, thing. How did you get involved in that? I wrote a book. And I know this is a crazy, this is a crazy story. I was writing a book called God, Grace, and Girlfriends and Adventures in Faith and Faith and Friendship. And I love the Girls Getaway Cruise. And this has been 20 plus years ago. Um, and I was a speaker. I was an author, but I love the Girls Getaway Cruise. And so I just literally wrote an email to the company and said, Hey, you need to, you need a blogger. You don't have a blogger for girls getaway. Cause this is at the height of the blog craze and the girl and the lady in charge, who's still a friend of mine, Robin, she said, no, we don't. I said, well, I want to do it. She said, write me a proposal. So I wrote a proposal that I would blog for them. And in exchange, they would let me go for free as the media. So I was the blogger. I went for free. And then after that, they called me up and said, Hey, um, what do you think? about uh, this idea we have. And then the idea was they were going to sell cruises like you sell Tupperware. And Hmm. I just thought it was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. And I told them. (laughs) And I mean, I'm on the phone with the owner of the company and the sales guy. And I was like, y'all, that's just dumb. I mean, who I said, I buy Tupperware because my girlfriend sells it and it's 1995. Well, it used to be. Now it's a lot more expensive, but um, I said, I am not going to buy a $800 cruise because my girlfriend invites me over for, you know, cucumber sandwiches and some punch. Um, so little did I know that they were getting ready to offer me a job. I'm stunned they offered me a job. But yeah, <laughs> they offered me a job and asked me to run this whole new division called the Groups Program, which I did for about a year. And then I became their business development director. And I did that. So I developed cruises for them. So yeah, it's a crazy God story. I mean, I essentially told them they didn't know what they were doing and they hired me anyway. So did you end up selling things like Tupperware or did you get to like rebrand and redo what they were envisioning? Yeah, I got to, I did not sell anything like Tupperware. Um, (laughs) No, we, we created a whole program around groups, which is essentially bring your friends and earn money. It was an affiliate program. Um, and it was hugely successful. I mean, we had one gal that she was so good. She would bring about 20 or 30 women on these cruises. And, oh um, and she earned, she earned, she paid for her cabin and usually another, she would earn some money on top of that. But, you know, she was a hard worker and wow. it was a, it was a fun program. It was a really fun program and it was very successful. So we did that. But then the girls getaway cruise went away. Sad, but true. Yeah. And then, you know, and now all cruises have gone away. So there you go. Yeah. Pandemic, man. So um, you've done a lot of events, hosted Mm -hmm. some really big things in the Christian industry. What Mm -hmm. is kind of your planning process that has to take a lot of time? What does that look like for you? Well, and, you know, I mean, it, it, here's the funny thing, Sarah, and this is what I find so interesting is that the planning process for a major tour 
is the same planning process I use when I was a women's ministry director planning a retreat. Okay. It's these, it's, it's just on a different scale instead yeah. of renting, you know, the, the, um, the Airbnb, or we would go to a, a camp or something like that. Um, I'm renting, you know, a big venue at a church, uh, you know, a 5,000 seat church venue. But I usually start, and, and some people are going to gasp when they hear me say this. I typically started 18 months out. Now, I'm going to put a caveat on that and say everything changed when the pandemic hit. Everything tightened, everything shorter. So I truly believe you can plan a, a retreat in a much shorter time frame now um, because you, well, first of all, because everybody's a little leery of planning that far out because so many of us had our hopes dashed when everything shut down. So I love the longer runway, but, but I do think you can do a six to nine month planning process and still be very successful. But the very first thing I do is I have to identify what I want to do. What mm-hmm. is the, what am I doing? Is, am I doing a retreat? And if so, who's my target audience? Because I say this consistently. If you don't know what you're aiming at, you're going to hit it every time. So you have to know who you want to come to your retreat. Is it for your local women? Are you reaching out? So those are the first two things I, I identify is, you know, what is my, who is my audience and what do I want to do? Absolutely. And once you have identified those individuals, um, kind of where do you go from there? Well, then I typically go to my venue because I'm working with somebody right now because I do, I, on the side, I do produce events. I still mm-hmm. produce them. In my job, I still work in the in the producing world, but I also do them on the side for smaller venues. And I'm helping somebody put together about a twenty person retreat. So what we're what we're doing right now is we're identifying her venue. She has identified her target audience. She knows who she wants. She wants about twenty to twenty five people. She wants it in a home. So we've narrowed that down to the types of homes we could use. So we're going to be doing a large Airbnb, and she knows exactly what that looks like. So first you identify your audience, your theme, and then your venue. Do you want the coziness of an Airbnb? Would you rather have a hotel? Um, Are you going to be paying for everything? Is it all going to be in the ticket price or are they going to pay for their lodging? And then the retreat is going to happen within the confines of a hotel or a camp or uh, a an event center, depending on where you are, those every region has a variety of options. So those are the first things. And then I go to how you're going to feed them because people really like to be fed. <laughs> That's a favorite of mine. I love to be fed. Um, yeah. So I always plan and I'm, and also the theme of your treat is going to identify what kind of food, because if you're going to be very casual and you're going to go to the camp and we're going to sleep in cots, well, first of all, I'm going to have to bring a mattress because I'm going to be painful. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be whining if I have to sleep on that cot. But if you're going to be like four to a room and it's going to be a real campy vibe, then nobody is expecting like high-end food. They're expecting camp food. 
So you're probably just going to do whatever the camp has. But if you're going to do a high-end um, Airbnb where everybody has their own room and a bathroom, um, and maybe you have like three little houses side by side. I live in the south, so we're close, well, close, five and a half hours from the beach. And I don't know if y'all know this, but Alabama has the most beautiful beaches in the world. I know nobody believes me, but it's true. Um, and and y'all just go down there and look, and then you can you can ping me and tell me I'm right. Um, <laughs> but we have these beautiful beaches, and we'll have these Airbnbs, and they'll be like duplexes or something. We're like, you know, there'll be like ten bedrooms on one side and ten on the other. I mean, which mm-hmm. is essentially a small hotel. Yeah, And they'll rent both sides of those. They're very high end. The ticket price is going to be high, but they'll cater everything. So they'll have a caterer come in or like one, the gal I'm working with, she has a friend who is an amateur chef. So she's coming and she's going to be cooking the entire weekend. Um, so again, that's the second thing is you've got to figure out that food budget. And then you have to figure out your tchotchke budget. And tchotchke, I mean, all the things you're going to give people. Mm-hmm. Um, I know your retreat, um, uh, what do you, what is it called? The, the retreat It is called recline at the table. Okay. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So that is going to be something that would be available for people. And that would be the, the guide. So you've got to factor all those costs in. What, what are you going to, what are you going to do? How much does everything cost? And once you get all that laid down, add 10% on top of it. Because you're always going to have uh-ohs at the last minute. And don't forget little things like water. You're going to need bottles of water. You're going to need snacks. Those are affordable, but don't forget them because they add up. Mm-hmm. And literally, depending on the size, you're going to have to identify if you need to have some volunteers. Because when you're thinking about your rooms, think about this. You are not a paying customer. So you, when you add everything up and you go to divide it, you have to make sure to put in your room, your food cost, your tchotchke cost, all your miscellaneous costs that go with you as the event planner and then with your support staff. Now, I always have at least for 20 people, I would have one support staff and I would go up depending on what you're going to do at your retreat. I would go up one person. If you're going to do small group, I would go up one person for every 10. If you're not doing small group, you can go up one person for every 15 to 7, 15 to 18. Mm -hmm. But factor all those costs in. So you're going to get all your costs and you're going to make your little spreadsheet. You're going to write everything down and you're going to hit total. And then you're going to divide it by the paying customers. Not by you because you're not paying and not by your support staff because they're not paying. So if your total costs are 10000 and y'all, I'm just using big round numbers because math not my skill set. <laughs> yes. And if y'all make me need, and, and right now, as I'm speaking, I'm so glad that Sarah can't see me because I'm reaching for the calculator. Um, and I still have an old school, like, solar calculator I leave on my desk. Yes, I'm that girl. Um so I'm going to have $10,000 and I'm going to have uh, 50 people come. Well, that's going to be $200. A per- that's a really cheap event, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but it could be, I mean, it could be something, you know, I typically for a one night event, first of all, one night events are hard. Retreats are hard. Rethink that. Yeah. 
I always recommend at least two. Mm-hmm. Uh, factor in this too, y'all, as you're planning, you and your support staff need to come in the day before. Mm-hmm. So add that cost in. And you probably won't stay at the venue, particularly if you're renting a large venue. But if you're going to a hotel, then you will. And you can stay an extra night. But factor that in, make that a part of the cost, and then divide it out. And then, depending on if this is a business or if it's just for ministry. And hey, y'all, our women's ministry needs some extra money in the budget. So if it's a $200 a person and you can charge $220, that's great because that's going to allow you to be able to sponsor some people. There may be one or two women that can't afford the $200. So they're going to, uh, you're going to be able to um, offset their costs that way. So there's that was just a thumbnail really fast how to plan a budget. I'm exhausted. Oh, that's all. I need some water. <laughs> Oh, I love that. And there were so many things that it was like a very good refresher and also just how you talked about catering in to accommodate some of those food concerns. Because, you know, everybody's something. I mean, I, and listen, I'm a, I'm a gluten friend. I don't, I'm not a gluten free. I'm a gluten friend. <laughs> um, but I have people in my family that are gluten free. I've got some vegans. I've got some people that don't eat anything that's ever been an animal and doesn't even eat butter because it came from it. And I'm like, how did butter hurt the cow? I'm still working on that one. Yeah. Um, so I totally understand all those, those issues. So you, you have to be able to accommodate so many things um, and be, and that's a, and that's a really good thing, Sarah, on your sign up sheet, you make sure to put that on there, you know, do you have any food allergies or food? I don't even know what you call them anymore. Sensitivities, sensitivities. Yes, yes. So when it comes to like the cost side of things, do you have pros or cons for um, when to have people pay? Like having you pay for the housing up front or um, having it be in their ticket, etc. I think it's depending on what you want to do. Now I will tell you, having them pay for their housing is going to allow you to plan a more low cost event. Hmm. And here's my thought on that. Particularly if you can have a centrally located venue, let's say you decide you're going to go to, let's use, um, Sarah, what part of the country are you in? I'm in Nashville. Oh, well, this is perfect. We're fixing to go to Franklin. Um, (laughs) We're going to rent, we're going to rent a venue in Franklin um, and we're going to rent an, an Airbnb, and that's going to be our that's going to be our central location for our retreat. Now, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to place it central, so you guys can either rent an Airbnb, stay at a local hotel. So there's a lot of different options for you financially. Mm-hmm. That is a really great way if you have a variety of taste levels and income levels. Because then you've got the gals that can put four in a room and stay at the, the Hampton Inn, which is, you know, in Nashville, because I used to stay there all the time in Cool Springs when I traveled. Um, I can get that for about 120 a night. You divide that by four. That is real affordable. Don't make me do the math, okay? <laughs> but it's cheap, okay? It's like $30 a night, right? Am yep. I right? Yes. Yeah. 
So that's about $30 a night if four gals want to go in together and just bundle up. That is super affordable. And then you've got people like me who are a little bit high maintenance and they're going to want to stay at the next door Airbnb because they don't want to have to drive. They're going to walk and they're going to stay with their best girlfriend and we're going to rent a two bedroom next door to the venue. And it's going to be a little bit more, but that's going to meet my needs because I have my own set of issues and, um, and I'm older and my kids are grown and I have discretionary income. There you go. That's what happens when your children leave. Yes. You know. <laughs> Those are the things you can look forward to. Um, and you pay your house off. Yay. Yay. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you spend a lot of money. I'm just going to be honest with you, Sarah. Now you're going to spend a lot of money at that point in your life. Y'all, this is free. She may edit this out. But at this point in your life, you do not have a, um, a house note anymore. Praise the Lord. Your children are grown. Praise the Lord. They're off your insurance, off your cell phone plan, off all of your plans. Well, let me just explain to you what's going to happen to your money. Then you're spending all your money on wrinkle cream because <laughs> there you go. They have left you with, because you paid for all that all those years. It's giving you wrinkles and now you're paying that. So just so you know where your money's going to go. But I say that, I chase that rabbit down that trail to say that is a really good way to meet the needs of a variety of women at different income levels. Now, if your women are, if, it, and but there's a there's a con to that, and it's a con that I don't love. It does not build great community mm. because you're so separated. Now, if you can do, and hotels are just not warm, y'all. I, they're just not. <laughs> um, they're just cold. I mean, you can you can get you can rent the room and do all the things. They just don't have that warm fuzzy feeling unless they will let you drag all your furniture. You know, that fancy furniture they have in the lobby. If they'll let you drag that in one of those side rooms, then then you're good to go. But, and I've, I've done that before. I just need y'all to know. It just depends on, you know, how busy they are. Yeah. Um, but I do love, and I honestly love a retreat center or somewhere where we can all be together for two nights. And that could be a big Airbnb. It could be a retreat center, which is more camp feeling than, than what we are typically used to. But there is such a pro to that is if you're building community. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that would be for me, again, dependent. I've done both. I've been to both and I've enjoyed both. And I've built community the other way too. There's just a different feeling when you, everybody's putting their jammies on and hanging out and watching TV late at night, telling stories. It's just a, it's a deeper vibe. And I think it just depends on what you're trying to achieve with your retreat. I'm just curious when you've planned some of your retreats, have you ever used a travel agent before to book some of those things? I have not. Um, and, uh, but I'm not against it because I love travel agents and I think they're amazing. Um, now I will tell you when I tour, I use a travel agent that it's just for the ease. And when I'm booking, you know, 15 cities and I need, you know, four rooms in this city and six rooms in that, it's just easier for me to hand that to somebody else to book. Mm -hmm. Um, but to book something like this, you were booking multiple rooms. You may want to do that. Particularly if you were doing a hotel, you may want to go that route. Absolutely. I feel like there's a million things that go into event planning, but is there any others that you want to kind of probe and dig into? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 2021. 
For your safety and comfort, please remain seated with your seatbelt fastened for the insane deals the travel industry is offering as they make their comeback from this pandemic. The fastened seatbelt light will remain on until you book your bucket list trip at a fraction of the cost you would have a year ago. Please check around your seat for any personal belongings and check with us to find out how we can rebook you if your travel dates change. At this time, you may use your cell phones to call Christian Travelers Network at 615-241-2151 or email us at christiantravelersnetwork at gmail.com to learn what deals our travel agency can provide that aren't available to the general public or to find out more about our faith-based travel resources. On behalf of Christian Travelers Network, I'd like to thank you for listening to this podcast, and we look forward to traveling with you again when you are ready. Sure. I think that, I think the first, and we touched on this in the beginning, it's the theme. It's it's knowing your customer, knowing your audience, and knowing what is her pain point, and how can this retreat meet her need? So figuring that piece out right now, just the word retreat, I think every woman in America would chase you down. Um, I, I was on the phone with one of my friends. We were actually texting back and forth. And I told her, I said, I have a ridiculous amount of Hilton points because I used to travel professionally. I mean, this is my job and I have not traveled since March, but so I haven't accrued any, but I haven't lost any. So I have several hundreds of thousands of points. And I said, I'm thinking about just inviting a bunch of my girlfriends to go to the Hilton about an hour from here and just let's all stay two nights just for the heck of it. (laughs) I think there is such a deep desire in our, um, our world to connect with people. Uh, But I think number one, I'll go back to knowing what she wants and also don't overschedule. Leave breathing room. I think I was at an event once, Sarah, and I've never laughed so hard. And I love these people and still work with them. I was not producing this event. I just need that hand to God. <laughs> not mine. I was I was a coach. I was coaching. I was a speaker coach at this event. But they forgot to book breaks between the sessions. So it was like one to two, two to three. I was like, y'all, when are we going to go to the bathroom? <laughs> I mean, we had no break. It was so funny. Um, but think about that. Think about breathing because if you do, uh, let's say you're going to start at four o'clock on um, a Friday. So everybody rolls in, you get checked in, everybody rolls in at four, you do a meet and greet, a hello. We're all going to do dinner together at six. Don't try to do something between four and six. There's, There's no way you can make it healthy and good. Everybody's tired. They're all excited to be there. Let let that four to six time frame just be get to know you time. And if you need an icebreaker or something like that, have some fun, um, uh, you know, five questions, uh, the five things you didn't know about me from your uh, facilitators. Um, And then over dinner, uh, let that be kind of the beginning of the first session and kind of lay the groundwork for what's going to happen. You can always do a short, I'm going to say this one more time. Short. Y'all do not do a two-hour session after dinner. It is a lot. And I have been in those. So don't do that. Um, (laughs) But do a short. And and this is what I love is that if we do it over dinner, 
you know, after we've done eating, while everybody's getting dessert, the moderator, she stands up, she shares her vision of the weekend. She talks about what she wants everybody to walk away with. She gets some feedback from people. You know, I love the question of what is the one thing you want to walk away with this weekend? And she has everybody write that down and literally stick it on a board, put it in an envelope, whatever. Um, but that way, everybody knows what they want and they've identified that to the to the moderator. And then let everybody have that night off. It can be a hang where everybody hangs out. We eat popcorn. We tell funny stories. Um, that works, Sarah, if people are already connected. Mm-hmm. Now, if they're not connected, then you really need to create a connection point in that time frame. Um, and you could do that with a, you know, two truths and a lie, any kind of fun little br- games like that. All right, breakers. Uh, yeah, really simple, easy things. And then start the next day um, with your event. Um, again, don't start at six. Nobody no, nobody <laughs> wants to get up at six while they're retreating. No. Who hey, wants these people at six? But we're going to do sunrise service. I'm like, well, my sun rises at about eight-ish. Yeah. So, yeah. Do, I lo- what I love is just say breakfast on your own. Do a breakfast you know, bar where they can do uh, come and go, grab a granola, grab some yogurt, really simple things for you people who are gluten-free. I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> get an apple. I don't know. Um, I think apples are gluten-free. I never know. Yes, they, sure. they are. Okay. They are. Okay. All right. You're probably gluten-free, aren't you, Sarah? No, I'm not. <laughs> okay. But you know, but you know the gluten. Um, but so set that up. So, and let everybody know, hey, breakfast will be available from 7 till 8.30. So, I mean, if you don't want to get, and we start at, at you know, 8.45. So if you don't want to get up, you could just roll up in there at 8.30, grab you a donut and some coffee, and you'd roll on in at 8.45. Um, or whatever, but give your people margin to, so the early risers can get up, they can have devotional, they can walk around the property, they can, you know, talk to Jesus and the people that talked to Jesus before they went to bed, they can roll out real, real late. Um, Meet the needs of all the people. And then throughout the day, give breaks to process. Um, I think that sometimes we think as event planners that every single moment has to have a craft, an activity, a small group, a something, something. It doesn't. A lot, some of the best things that have ever happened to me in retreats have happened in the breaks when I'm just sitting on a swing talking to somebody. So give people those breaks where they can kind of process, encounter God, give them opportunities to get to know each other. That's what they're there for. Yeah. And so as the retreat kind of wraps up, what is kind of a, your suggestion to kind of give it that closure and that send off feel uh, that they get excited to go home, but remember such great memories? Yeah, that's so good because I will tell you, you have to walk away with a tangible result. And that is the theme. So when you started that theme process, I want you to say, okay, at the end of this, I want my person to ha- to be able to say, I received this value from this, this investment. And that value can be, if you are a small group and you all know each other and you're already in community, 
that this is the bounce off into your next Bible study. Now, not being exclusive to people that weren't at the retreat, but but let it be, you know, you start your next Bible study in a week because there is a high you walk out of from a time like that where you've really invested your time with each other and with Jesus that you really want to continue. And if it's a group that is splintered and is not, you know, all together, I would encourage you to, there's a couple of things. Number one, if there's been great bonding and that's a part of your result, let that bond continue. And there's never been an easier time than now. You could do it through a, you could do it through a Marco Polo app. You can do it through a Facebook group. You could do it through, you know, just a text thread, depending on the size. But continue that bond if that was your, if that was one of the things you were trying to create. Give your women or your retreat people, I don't know, maybe you're doing a guy's retreat. I'm not going to say you're not. Um, but give your attendees the next steps there to take. And that can be as easy as, you know, here's a five-day devotional to take you through the next five days that's going to be on theme with what you did over the weekend, over the retreat days. It could be um, you walk away with, and this is so cheesy, Sarah, but I absolutely love it, is that the last day you write yourself a letter, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do these five things over the next 30 days. And it could be, I'm going to read my Bible daily. I'm going to journal daily. I always say I'm on journal daily. I never do. Um, <laughs> so I don't even put that on my list anymore. I mostly just say, I'm going to search Facebook every day for something to look at. And I just, that's a big check mark. But give yourself, you know, have them write down. These are five things I want to do to make my walk with Jesus stronger. And it could be that I have, you know, um, an app that I, that I listen to every morning on prayer. They write that letter. They, they address it to themselves and those event planners take that and they mail them to them in, in four weeks. So you get that in the mail in four weeks and you go, oh, wow, did I do these things? And what I love is that if the event planners, because they, have, they don't have them seal it. What I like to do is leave it unsealed and the event planner can add their note in there too. Mm-hmm. So just kind of another touch point of just saying, hey, I see you. I know you. I'm excited to continue to be, uh, to do life with you. So that's a fun thing, but absolutely you have to give them a way to give them their next steps. People love to be told what to do. I know it shocks me every time I say that. It's crazy. Yeah. But they do. They really, because they're not sure. And particularly women, oftentimes women are unsure as to what the next step is. They want to take it. They're excited to take it. But oftentimes we are looking for somebody to give us permission to take it. Mm-hmm. So give them permission and give them that next step. I love that. Um, I feel like I struggle with that all the time. What's the next thing? Uh, what's my resolutions for 2021? What's my next goals? And so often I look to others for that encouragement and hosting a retreat can be such a great encouragement to those around you too. Absolutely. It's such, it is, you know what, for somebody who's hosted retreats from, you know, 10 people to like thousands, I will tell you, it is one of my favorite things to do. I'm not going to kid y'all. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. 
but it is it is fruitful work that will continue return on investment. I still hear from people that I've done things with 15, 20 years ago. Wow. And, you know, they just will, they'll pop up in my Facebook feed and say, hey, I just wanted to let you know, or DM, hey, I just want to let you know, uh, you know, this showed up on my, you know, here's a picture of us from 15 years ago, and which is so fun. But it, the investment that you make is kingdom investment. If you are helping somebody in their walk with Jesus, if you're helping them grow closer to the Lord, if you're helping them feel known and seen and loved by the Lord, you're doing good stuff. Absolutely. And it's such a blessing that you get to see that return on your investment even so far down the road. One of the questions I always like to ask our guests is what has been your biggest God moment in all of your travels? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I want to tell you a story that I still get chills about when I hear it, when I think about it, when I hear it. <laughs> I'm the one telling it when I hear it. Okay. So I, I told you at the top that I did cruising for a long, long time. Well, we learned um, in the cruise world that the crew, that's the people that serve you, you know, the room stewards, all those people, they are not allowed to go in to the venues. Now, some of the staff can and listen to the events and listen to the speakers. But the typical crew is not allowed to go. So we offered to do a concert. We, I was not a musician. It was a band that offered to do a concert for the crew. It was a Spanish speaking band. I wish I could remember their name, but I can't. But they, they were bilingual and a lot of the crew um, were bilingual, a lot of the staff and their staff and their crew, and I get them confused. But these are the people that serve you in the restaurants. They clean your room. So this is that part of the of the working people on the ship. Mm-hmm. And y'all, you may not have ever cruised, but just so you know, these people are typically on that ship nine to 12 months. They work every day. They do not get days off. They get hours off. Like they may get you know 10 hours off or 12 hours off. Now, I'm not saying that they're mistreated. They're They're well paid. But... So we offered to do this, which was a big deal. It took us three days to get approval because this has never been done. And we hosted a midnight concert because that was the best time for these people. I'm telling you, there had to be a thousand people in that room. <laughs> now the crew, the crew, the crew is massive and they were in that room and they stayed for hours. There was preaching, there was music and it hit me because we were doing Christian cruises. We were basically talking to ourselves. It was a bunch of Christians on a boat with a bunch of Christian entertainers. I mean, we weren't exactly gospel, you know, spreading. Yeah. But it hit me at that moment when I walked in there at like 3 a.m. And they are going strong. I mean, I'm talking, they're preaching. There's worship. It's crazy. And the and this crew would come and go. You know, they would some would filter out. They had to go to work. And some would come in as they got off work. This went on from midnight till 5 a.m. Oh, wow. It was incredible to see how God used that group of people. And I'm not putting myself in that. It was a band and a handful of crew that said, we're going to serve the underserved. And, and it was also the passengers. They were, it was so incredible to see the movement. And the next year when we cruised, same cruise line, same cruise. It was called the music boat. A lot of the same passengers. They brought Bibles. I mean, 
literally, you, I get chill bumps when I think about this, in every language, Portuguese, Spanish, it was, it was overwhelming and nobody asked them to do that. It was not a mission. It was not a plan. They just were there. They saw it and they met the need the next year. Wow. It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible how I saw, how saw, how I saw God move. And there was a big church on that ship the next year. They were doing church every weekend. Oh, that is wonderful. It was, it was incredible. It was incredible. And that's just one of many, I can tell you, but that one is one that I saw how God used a group of people, created a space for, for these underserved. And then a year later, a group within that crew had risen up to create a church on that ship. So that is, it's pretty amazing. Wow. God does some pretty cool things when he, he brings does. people together. He does. <laughs> he does. He does. Uh, well, Mary, we've really enjoyed having you on the podcast. How can our guests connect with you outside of this episode? Oh, I am everywhere. <laughs> um, I am in all the places. Um, I am on Facebook. It's Mary R. Snyder. Um, you can find me there. Um, you can find me at Instagram, Mary R. Snyder. I have my own website. Guess what the name of it is? MaryRSnyder.com. Um, and uh, you can find me in all those spots. Obviously, I have a podcast called Take the Stage. It's about speakers. So if you're a speaker, I'm your gal. But um, if not, well, you might still want to listen to it. I don't know why you would, but maybe you would. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to say that's not your world. Um, it is your world. Um, but we do have a lot of fun. I have a Facebook group for speakers. Um, but we talk a lot about, you know, your calling and what you're doing and your mission. So I think we're all called to serve and we all call to serve in different ways. And they're all equally important. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for your inspiration on retreats and all that goes into them. We've really enjoyed having you. Well, it's been so much fun, Sarah. Thank you so much for letting me just babble on. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, Christian travelers, I hope that you've enjoyed listening to Mary and I hope that this inspires you to go plan your own retreat and you don't have to use my resource recline at the table, the ultimate travel kit that we are releasing for 2021. Uh, but hopefully even these, this inspiration from Mary can help you plan your next retreat, but until next time, safe travels and God bless.